guys, what's up? It is your girl Stephanie back again with the Nosy AF podcast. And I hope you guys are doing good. It is a very chill day, very mild day here in Chicago and it's feeling good and I'm feeling good and I hope you're feeling good. And today's pretty cool because I've been trying to get in touch with my boy Chris for a while for him to have this interview with me and talk to us. Chris is a survivor of depression, anxiety, and addiction, and now he teaches other people about how to improve their mental and emotional health. So I don't know about you guys, but I always am trying to make sure that my mental and emotional health stays on point because you know what? God forbid your girl would be off in a spiral somewhere, and I don't want that. I need Jesus, and I need Chris to help me keep it together. (laughs) So we're gonna talk to him in a second what did I want to say he's going to talk to us we have a basic necessity giveaway in the interview and I think that's it so listen to it let me know what you think and I'll come back when we're done and uh, wrap up the show thank you so much for being here and yeah talk to you in a second enjoy this interview with Mr. Chris Boutte hey If you could just give like a little breakdown of who you are so people know like you know that you're legit <laughs> yeah okay yeah yeah about my, my scars um no uh yeah it's uh i i'm the son of an alcoholic mom and because she was an alcoholic and i resented her for that i said i was never going to touch some stuff uh or touch any of that stuff and uh it was middle school or high school when i started developing depression and anxiety really bad and I, I, I found just different ways to deal with it. But at the end of my senior year is when I started drinking. And my family, addiction runs in my family. I got a bunch of family members who became addicts. A lot of us are in recovery now. So Praise my mom God. now has, yeah, right? My mom now has 12 years clean herself. And uh, my alcohol addiction turned into a prescription uh, pain pill addiction. And that lasted for almost a decade. And I didn't get clean You know, a lot of people think like, oh, you know, they'll get clean when they have a kid. I didn't get clean until my son was three years old and I was on the brink of death. I had about a 10 percent chance of living. I had congestive heart failure. My heart was like the size of my lung. And yeah, basically, I was just tired of living the way I was living. I was ready to die. But uh, I don't know. Something out there had better plans for me. My mom had seven years sober at the time. She helped get me clean. And and yeah, like. The first couple of years were rough, but now the greatest gift I have is teaching others how to deal with these things. So they hopefully don't got to go as far down the path as I did. So yeah, just my life today is beautiful because I get to help other people. Yeah, that's really awesome. Like, did you, so you felt like a calling to be able to help others? Cause I think it's sometimes like people have stuff where they're just like, okay, they take it, you know, just for themselves. Like they're like, let me get myself together and then let me move on about my life. But what was it that made you think like, okay, you know what? I need to help other people get through this. Yeah, you know, uh, to be honest, like um, the, the way I got sober, I got sober through some 12-step programs and I was kind of blown away that there were so many people who were just helping me and I wasn't giving them a penny. Because I'm, I'm used to, I, the way I grew up and the people I hung around, I was used to people only wanting to be nice to me or hang around me if they wanted something from me. And I was blown away that so many people were there helping me and they didn't want anything from me except what was best for me and to stay clean and live a better life. And like for me, for me personally, like what my motivation was, like I feel like it would be a slap in the face to the people who helped me if I didn't do the same. 
Now, I kind of take it to the extreme. Like, I got a job at a drug and alcohol rehab. You know, I have my YouTube channel. I do all sorts of stuff. But um, for me, you know, I actually did a video about this on my YouTube channel the other day. There's so many people who struggle with this existential crisis and they're like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose in life? And it's like, I made my purpose helping other people who are struggling and I have a purpose every single day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it keeps me motivated whenever I'm, you know, when depression hits me and I don't want to get out of bed. What motivates me is like, there's people out there who need my help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the fact that I've been clean about five and a half years now, I've seen I've seen some tragedies, but I've seen a lot of people who have gotten better and live amazing lives. And like, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I know it can't be easy. I used to talk to a dude that was, we like had talked and then he had to go away. And then when he came back, he was working the, the steps or whatever. And I know that it is not easy at all. So I commend you for, you know, being able to, Thank you. you know, five and a half years, like that's a long time, you know, your mom with 12 years, that's a long time. Yeah. And I, and I just, and, uh, you know, what we always tell people is it's just, it's just one day at a time too. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's the same with anxiety and depression and stuff like that. It's like, we just do our best one day at a time. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. all we can do. Too many of us worry about tomorrow or we trip up about things we did in the past, but we stay in the right now and do the best that we can and things start getting better. Yeah. So like there were so many different things that I wanted to talk to you about because like you're like a wealth of information and, you know, terms with this like whole trying to get your mental game together, your emotional game together. And like when I first wanted to talk to you, I had a whole list of ideas about creativity and depression. Then I had, you know, questions about like if you don't want people in your business, but you might, you know, be dealing with like alcoholism or whatever, like how can you escape that. But today I was listening to Lovely T, who's one of my favorite YouTubers. And she spoke about uh, Fredro Santana, who actually is a rapper from Chicago, passing away at the age of 27 from a lean addiction and or complications from it. Because I don't want to like misquote because, you know, I don't want to give like information wrong and then have people coming after me. But, you mm -hmm. know, he had. So, yeah, so he passed away from a lean addiction and I just wanted to talk about that because it seems like a lot of people are on drugs mm -hmm. and it's just sort of like, or it's like maybe being glamorized, you know, and like a lot of people use it. It's in music and it just seems like so passive. And then now you see that this, it sort of hit me a little bit, even though I didn't really listen to his music or anything. Cause it's just like, wow, that's, that's too young. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. And yeah, I was just uh, looking, looking at all that stuff. And, and the thing is too, um, like a lot of the times with these, like you got to wait until the, the coroner's report, which takes weeks yeah. and things like that. It might've been complications. Um, it looked like he had some, you know, he was having seizures and other medical issues and things like that. And stuff like that does happen. And I don't want to assume, but in my experience, most of the time it is a relapse because he was talking about going to rehab. I'm not sure if he did, but, um, but yeah, like you said, 27 is way too young. And like something I try to teach people, and I try to teach my clients, especially when it comes to drug and alcohol addiction, like 
the disease of addiction just does not care. It doesn't care about anything. It doesn't care how old you are. It doesn't care if you got a kid. Fredro just had a kid, a baby, right? right? It doesn't care how rich you are. You know, it's something I try to beat into people's heads because we think that addiction only affects certain people. And then it's also that kind of twisted idea that success brings happiness and success solves all your problems. But you got somebody like Fredro who was young, on top of his game, famous, people loved him and stuff like that. But there was still something going on where he felt the need to turn to substances. So, like, that's why, you know, when I teach people about mental health and different ways to improve their mental health, it's more of a preventative strategy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I try to really, you know, beat into people's heads. Like, don't wait until things go bad. Like, you need to start preparing, like, right now. You need to start building that foundation because life's eventually going to slap all of us in the face. We never know. You know, like yeah. nobody call like nobody calls you up and says, "Hey, man, next week your tire's gonna blow out on your car, or your your you know what I mean, <laughs> right. or uh, you know uh, you know the the drain pipe in your uh, bathroom's gonna explode." Like nobody warns you about that stuff. So because we never know what's going to happen, we need to work on our mental health every single day. But but yeah, the the glamorizing of it too is something. But Fredjo had like a lot of fans who were legitimately worried about him, right, you know? Right. And something else I try to teach people, I was just talking to my clients about it the other day in rehab, like if love was enough to keep us clean, we would have been clean a long time ago. Yeah. So it takes more than that because I had the love of my son, I had the love of my family and it wasn't enough to get me clean. And you just you just hope people figure that out before something like this happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like thinking when he passed, I'm like, wow, that could have been me, that could have been anybody or it still could, God forbid. But you know what I mean? It's like, how do you, yeah. how do we supposed to set ourselves up? So, you know, if you are in social situations, like for me, I work in film, you know, like I can go to parties and I see different types of uh, recreation drugs. As a matter of fact, the dude I last talked to, you know, marijuana was a gateway drug for him into other things, you know, and people are always laughing like, well, that's crazy. You know, marijuana is like not a big deal. Like how are you getting this? Like how are you going to rehab off marijuana and stuff? And it's just like, how can we sort of set ourselves up as a preventative, as you were saying? Yeah. So I guess I want to know that, but then also like, what is up with people like sort of dissing marijuana and not taking it seriously as a drug? What is that about? (laughs) And here's the thing. Here's the thing with everything. Like, for example, like, I, I try to, you know, make it logical and like look at all the different things like, okay, there's people who are addicted to food, right? Yeah. So it's hard to tell them like, okay, never eat food again. You know what I mean? There's people who are addicted to gambling. You know, some people aren't. But marijuana, you know, uh, we just legalized marijuana here in Nevada. I actually voted for it. I don't care. But the thing is, I just try to get the proper information out there. So marijuana, it becomes a gateway drug. Just with the way the brain's laid out, I'm a big like neuroscience nerd, and with the way our brain is kind of wired, whenever we turn to a specific action to deal with some type of issue we have, it wires into our brain that this is the solution. So if every time I'm feeling lonely, I smoke some pot, then that's my brain's natural response. It's almost like the same way whenever I'm hungry, I eat food. But eventually, eventually that thing stops doing the trick. Then you start looking for something harder, something that could take you out of your head. So with the preventative side of things, 
I've been really into meditation for a few years now, and it's it's looking at sitting with your emotions and learning how to just let them run their course rather than trying to turn away from them with a substance or some other kind of destructive behavior, which could be food, which could be, um, you know, going out and hooking up. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. All these other things. Like, we as humans are just so afraid to feel. It's crazy. Like when you really like kind of break it down to the the base level, it's like, why are we so afraid to just feel our feelings? You know what I mean? But when it comes to social situations, it really depends on the person. And um, so one of them is one of the things we got to look at peer pressure, right? You see drug addiction and alcoholism in Hollywood all the time. It's just part of their culture. You see a lot of the child actors, you know, like growing up and becoming addicts. They've been around this stuff since they were kids. And a lot of it starts out with, I need to do this to fit in, you know, like, why is that? Why do we feel that need? But when it comes to, let's say, just somebody in early recovery, because I get this question a lot. There's people who work in an industry where they're going to be around parties, or like you said, you know, um, you're going to be around it. And let's say somebody just got sober. What I try to teach them is in your early recovery you need to be like like you're in one of those protective bubbles, you know, and you got to avoid as many situations as possible. But I have five and a half years clean now. I go to concerts. I go to shows. There's people who, man, I live in a neighborhood. And ever since pot <laughs> became legal, it always reeks a pot. You know what I mean? But I've gotten to a point where the habit's been broken, where I'm not like sitting there laying in bed at night obsessing about it. So it's different situations for other people. But I think at the core level, like as a parent, what I'm trying to teach my son, he's only nine, is how to just deal with his feelings. Because if he knows how to deal with his feelings, then when he becomes a teenager, his first thought isn't going to be, maybe I need to get drunk or high to deal with my feelings. Maybe I can sit here and meditate. Maybe I can talk to my dad. Maybe I can do these things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, all right. So you guys know I'm a mogul, right? I'm a little titan in the making. <laughs> and this podcast is sponsored by one of my projects. And that project is Graham Cracker Pin Company, which is a series of limited edition pins that I have. And they're for sale. They're $15 a pop. If you're in Chicago, you can get one of them at the Museum of Contemporary Art, my King Carey pin. And, you know, I started it just because I thought it'd be cool to create something that's at a smaller price point outside of my artwork. So, you know, it's a quick little grab. You can wear it on your hat or your jacket and you can look fly. You could have me with you all the time. <laughs> so, you know, just wanted to stop the interview to let you know Graham Cracker Pin Co. is available. GrahamCrackerPin.co. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Buy a pin for your girl, buy a pin for your boo, buy a pin for your favorite cashier at the local drugstore. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, back to the interview. And then like, it's like, man, maybe I shouldn't have talked about being in entertainment because like, I'm sure there's like math, like math teachers out there <laughs> that like struggle with this, you know? But it's yeah. like, all right, as a so like as a recovering person, then if there's drugs, if like drugs and maybe alcohol for sure is always around, how are you supposed to get your hustle on as a recovering person, as a person in you know, like you know if, yeah. if you're like always around things? 
know. Yeah, it's uh, okay. So another analogy. Because I didn't really. Yeah, know, like, no, ask absolutely. The <laughs> here's here's another analogy I give, and some people think I'm insane for saying this, but I think it makes perfect sense. Like, let's imagine you're a diabetic, right? Like, what are you gonna do? Are you just never gonna go to a party where there's like sugar there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? If I treat this thing like a, like, cause my dad's a diabetic. He has to be very mindful of what he eats and what he puts in his body. He can go anywhere. Like my dad's not gonna die if he walks into like a bakery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I try to teach my clients is like, look, like, or let's say somebody has a peanut allergy, right? They have to be very careful about what they're eating, what they're around and stuff like that. It's kind of the same thing. But for some reason, since we don't have this really notice, like we don't break out in like a rash or swell up and stuff like that, it's all up here. And part of the issue with addiction is the tricky part is that it hijacks a part of your brain responsible for survival. So it overpowers the other part of your brain in the front, the prefrontal cortex, that makes logical decisions. So that's why it's so hard for people to get clean. But as far as just getting your hustle on and no matter what industry you're in, like you talked about school teachers and stuff, like, <laughs> like listen, like, like no joke, girl, I work at a drug and alcohol rehab center. I'm one of the only people in recovery. Every Christmas, the holiday party, they got booze. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, I, I just got to be careful about what I'm around the same as I would as if I had some kind of allergy to shellfish or peanuts or whatever it is. Yeah, but I guess how do you be careful, though? Because that seems easier said than done. It seems like, all right, I know I can't have this, but how do I make sure I don't have it? Because it's right there. Yeah, so a few a few things. Like if this is somebody who's getting sober, right, who's in early sobriety, like something we teach in treatment, you know, is – First off, have have an accountability partner, okay. right? Have somebody who's going to go there. Like um, I did some videos around the holidays, you know, because Thanksgiving, Christmas, people have families, you know, and they drink and da 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 da. It's like bring somebody with you who's going to hold you accountable. Like I had a guy who relapsed over Christmas because he went back home, and they had a kids thing of eggnog, and then they had the adult thing of eggnog, and he was there by himself in another state, and he's like, nobody will know. You know what I mean? So one way to do it is bring somebody with you. This can be a wife, a husband, a friend. You know what I mean? Have somebody who's there. There's actually, you know, a, a whole industry for recovery coaches. Like there's some people who have enough money to fly their coach out with them to these places. Like we're talking like super rich and bougie people. You know what I mean? But accountability is is a huge one. But like what I try to teach people too is like if, you, if you're still in a place where you can't even trust yourself, like there's no... Let's put it this way. There is no job that is worth your life. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because I have I have people, and it's crazy. Like they're like, I have to go back to this job. I need this job. I'm like, no, you need to live. You don't right. need that job. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like jobs will be there. You know what I mean? And that's just the the what it comes down to. I tell people all the time, they're like, I don't know what to do. I can't, uh, you know, uh, or like around the holidays especially, uh, my family all drinks. I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, don't go. And they're like, but, but, but. And I'm like, no, just don't go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something I tell all my clients when they're leaving is like, if you're doing sobriety right, you're going to piss some people off. Mm, like, mm -hmm. that's just, that's just how it is. Like, if you are putting your sobriety and your life ahead of everything else, other people aren't going to like it because you're going to say, yo, I can't hang out with you. I can't go to this function. I can't take this job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, 
sometimes you gotta you gotta mold your life into what keeps you safe because I don't know if that's what happened to Fredo. I, like like I'm gonna do some research later. I wonder if he went to rehab, you know, because he yeah. was talking about it, but I don't know if he actually did. But like sometimes you gotta take a break, and it's possible. We got rappers like Eminem, we got rappers like Macklemore, both of them in sobriety. You know what I mean? Macklemore, what yeah. is substance? But uh, he he was into the lean too. He's had a couple relapses. But like those guys, they have to be very careful about what they're doing and they're in the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just seems like any sort of host you have, like it seems, you know, you could just be like at any second and be so quick to turn to something, you know, and it could just like sort of go bad. Like I saw your you have like a free addiction class on your website. And I wonder, like, if that's good, you know, like just sort of do like a check in with yourself just as a self-care, you know, preventative. So uh, what I teach a lot, and it's in that addiction course too, I teach mindfulness, which is a form of meditation. And mindfulness is really training your brain to keep being in the present moment, okay? So uh, here's a perfect example of a story. Uh, about a year ago, I got to go to one of my good friend's weddings, right? They had an open bar and everything. And I, I, have to be pay I had to be paying attention the entire time. So like it was easy, uh, my table was over here and then the open bar was over there. But when it was time for the toast, I was locked on to that server, going yeah. around passing out the champagne because I can't afford to not be paying attention, drink the wrong thing, and all of a sudden I go off the handle. So I'm constantly paying attention of my surroundings, what's going on, you know, and especially like, you know, um, I don't think it's a good idea to frequent bars, but you know, you got some shady people out there who slip stuff into drinks and all sorts of weird stuff. It's like I've trained through mindfulness meditation to really be right here, right now and know what's going on. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because something that, you know, just part of humanity is that we get into this autopilot and we're just not even thinking. We're not even noticing. And mindfulness and medit just meditation in general helps train your brain to really pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I need to check into that more. Cause I think even just like my day to day, I just go so fast, you know, and I forget a lot of stuff, like even like simple vitamins, like I know I should be taking every day mm -hmm. and I just like totally forget. And what's like, like here, here's what I did. I'm going to give you a hack. I was going to do, here's a preview of a video I was going to do. Praise right? the Lord. I love it. Some for the fans, <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. yeah. So, so something that I literally did right to just keep reminding myself to bring myself back in the moment is just do one mindful breath just pause and take one breath and what i did on my phone i set a reminder every single hour between like 7 a.m and like 10 p.m when i go to sleep so every hour so i'll be at work and i'm over here i'm all this all, all over the place and all of a sudden my phone buzzes i look at it and it just says be mindful and i just take a breath and that's it. And it gets me right back to where I need to be. You see what I mean? Yeah. And eventually that just develops a habit. So my phone doesn't do that anymore. And I'm just constantly checking in with myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a little, that's a little hack for you. I like that. I think a lot of people get it twisted and they think that, you know, mindfulness or meditation in general, you got to sit down for like 30 minutes like this. And it's like, no, it's just a constant thing that you're trying to do. Like the overall goal is, 
to be mindful for very short periods of time throughout the day. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like if you could just do something like that and just keep checking in with yourself, you'll start to notice that you're regaining a little bit more control over your life, you know? Yeah. I like that idea because it definitely sounds super bougie, all these other um, tips and stuff. And I'm just like, dang, I don't have like these full mornings to be doing all the steps that these people talking about. They want to sit down. They want to have meditation for 30 minutes. They sitting down and journal. I'm like, damn, do you guys have jobs? Like, you have time <laughs> right? to do that. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like. You know, our thugs out here, like, getting up, doing my flex. Yeah. Like, no, we need, to, we need to go out and, like, get this bag. Like, we do not have time. Yeah. So I think, like, a minute, like, taking a second yeah. and just checking in. I like yeah, that. that's, that's all it. That's all it is. Because what you start to find out, and, like, I know you hustle like I do, is, like, we start to get so involved in what we're doing that we're actually wasting time without knowing about it because we're so scatterbrained. Yeah. You see what I mean? So when we're constantly checking in and we start to get this clearer mind, we start noticing the things that took us two hours only take us an hour. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm the type of person, since I struggle with anxiety too, where I get so much on my plate that I'll waste like 15 minutes just trying to figure out what I'm going to do first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So over time, like even if you're just doing this little like quick like one breath just to check back in, you start becoming more efficient with what you're doing. And then you start saying, oh my God, I have more time than I thought. I was wasting a lot, freaking the hell out. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, cause I know that happens to me all the time. And then like, I just get a little reminder. Or I remember myself and boom. Right. So then like, okay, real quick thing. Cause I don't want to keep you too long, but like when you, all right. So you have your, you know, you're working at the rehab center, helping your clients and then you have your YouTube channel, The Rewired Soul, where you, you know, have over 150 videos of, you know, just different types of things of helping people with their mental health and whatnot. And then what I also love about your channel is how you give like case studies on, you know, popular people so we could sort of like take a look and like you dissect what's going on there. Because a lot of that stuff you can take and apply to your to yourself. That's really cool. And like I, what I wondered is, since you have like you get anxiety and whatnot like how do you break out your day because basically like you are busy like you're a father you know you have a relationship you know like mm -hmm. how do you break out your like hustle is it like do you make sure you get two things done for the day or like how do you plan that out if i if i'm honest with you like i i'm an organized mess okay. like that's <laughs> just it it's weird like um you you like me and you have talked like i i love gary vaynerchuk i love him and I think, um, so one thing that mindfulness does, it helps you be self-aware. So I understand how my brain works and I try to teach people like the way, not everything I do is gonna work for them. Like some people like more like um, type A people might need to be more organized. Like I don't have a daily planner or anything like that. I, I'm still trying to use the calendar on my phone, but like I find kind of like what we were just talking about, I find these little windows where I can squeeze things in. Okay. You know, and a lot of it for me is like, since I'm being aware, you know, a new episode of a show I like comes on. And then I pause and I say, okay, do I want to sit down and use an hour to watch this episode or do I want to knock out some work? You see what I mean? Yeah. For example, today, right before me and you did this, I interviewed a guy from my channel and Right after that, I had some free time. I go in the living room, me and my son play some video games. Then I come back here, I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. After that, then I get to go do something else. And I kind of 
break it up like that. So like, I'm an organized mess and there's not really a method to my madness. Okay. But like, I think people like you and me and maybe people listening to your your show too, there's some of us who are just driven by the hustle. Like I start getting, I get anxious when I'm not doing anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When like, me too. <laughs> uh, when things are calm, when nothing's going on, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do something, you know? And it's not like a crazy kind of ADHD type of thing. It's just, I always feel the need to be be productive, but to balance that with my workaholic thing, I have to realize that spending time with my son, spending time with my girlfriend, spending time with my other friends or family, that is being productive. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because I think some of us, we, you know, uh, we start neglecting the people in our lives because of it, you know? So yeah, I, uh, and I think too, like uh, just to end with this, my days have kind of just become like this system where I wake up, you know, at a certain time every day, I meditate, get ready for work, go to work, work, I come home, and then usually I come home, I eat, and I knock out a video. Then I yeah. have the rest of the night to do whatever I want. And it's just, it's kind of become this well-oiled machine, you know? Okay. So. Well, it sounds like your key to productivity is pausing and taking breaks and paying attention to what... Yeah, you need to do so. That's what I'm gonna start doing. I'm start pausing. I'm gonna be like shopping at the grocery store. I'm gonna stop, check in. Yeah, make yep. sure Just I don't do get a little any. Breath. Yeah, do a little breath. Make sure I don't get any candy, and yeah, keep it exactly. moving. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that's that's my vice for sure. Sugar, man, it's a done deal. I'm a candy head, and I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah, me too, girl. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Hey, I love you. You ever want me back on here? I am down. Yeah. Thank you. But listen, okay. So, all right. So before we go, I do this thing called the basic necessity giveaway. And what the basic necessity giveaway is basically just helping out my listeners. So what I do is each week figure out something to just give away for that somebody might need. Somebody might need some groceries. Somebody might need some socks, some toothpaste. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So I'm wondering, like, what's one thing that you think that people might need? So, you know, to keep their emotional, their mental state, you know, to keep in check, what's like something you use that you think somebody else could use? <laughs> okay. How about, how about this? How okay. about this? I'm going to give you my second, my second mindfulness meditation hack. Okay. All right? Okay. So we're going to get some people, some hygiene products. Okay? okay. Whoever messages you or emails you or whatever it is, maybe it's toothbrush, toothpaste, shampoo, soap, whatever it is. Whatever that thing is, so let's say it's toothbrush. I have one of my knitting things. I knit, by the way. But the practice you're going to do, because meditation or mindfulness is all about being in the moment, just really pay attention when you're brushing your teeth. That's another thing that you could do. Notice how the bristles are going over your teeth, okay. the motion of it, the taste of the toothpaste. You know, just be really in the moment. Don't brush your teeth thinking about how you got to go to work later. Think about just brushing your teeth. Does that make sense? Yes, I like that. Now, when you brush your teeth, though, do you use yeah. a motorized brush or you use just like you just the simple manual? I got the brush? old. I just I, oh, I, I ain't, I ain't okay. fancy. I just okay. <laughs> okay, but cool. Same thing. Same thing in the shower. Just really pay attention. Quit thinking about all the other stuff that's not going on. Yeah. Just really focus on what's happening right in the moment. Booyah. Okay. Boom. All right. I like that. So. This will be the giveaway if you have. Now, I don't need anybody hitting me up, cursing me out, thinking like, what you think? I don't need a toothbrush. But you're supposed to. 
I think like every six months or I think like three to six months, you should be replacing your toothbrush. Some of y'all are heavy handed. You know, the toothbrush, like the bristles have totally fallen aside, you know, yeah. and you need like a quality toothpaste. You need a quality toothbrush. If this is for you, you know what I mean? And you need it, you should hit me up and let me know and I'm going to send it to you. And if you need, like, say you got a motorized, like I got a motorized brush because my father, he is not playing games. He sent me a Sonicare for Christmas. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so I got the brush heads. Those can be pricey. Those are like $27. Oh, dang. I'm like, dang, dad. Yeah. And so. Your teeth looking good. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, toothbrush, toothpaste, or replacement head brushes for your motorized thing. Just hit me up. Don't mind, nobody needs to know your business. I got you. Just hit me up. Stephanie at MissGram.com. And that's it. That's all I got. Well, how about how about this, Stephanie? Okay. How about we, we spice it up a little? Okay. <laughs> Whoever messages you from this episode, I'll give them a free copy of the ebook I wrote that kind of dives into my story okay. about how I got better. And it also has a lot of stuff in there about how mindfulness helped me too. Okay, so cool. you'll get a free copy of my ebook too. Dang. Okay, so we're going to have your teeth sparkling and mindfulness. Y'all going to be like stopping, doing your breaths, and you're going to yep. smile to yourself. People will be like, dang, your, your smile is popping. <laughs> yep, getting it. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Chris, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, cool. Thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, y'all. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris. I really want to have him back because, you guys, he is such a wealth of knowledge. Can you guys imagine just giving up something that was holding on to you, something that you were addicted to that had you just sort of going to the black and you've been done doing that thing for five and a half years. Yo, that is amazing. And his mom, 12 years, yo. And there's people that have been, you know, sober from all sorts of things for many a years. And that's a blessing, right? Dang. Yo, let me tell you, there's plenty of things. I don't want y'all to know my business right now, but there is plenty of things I need to have given up for five years. (laughs) I'm going to start today, though. Today's day one. You know what I mean? What's your day one? Let's get sober together, y'all. Whatever it is y'all trying to get clean from, let's do it together starting today. We're going to take our breaths. Chris told us to take our breaths, and I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Y'all might just see me out. I might be out in the club dancing and taking a breath. You know, let me just check into this music and how good I look and feel right now. (laughs) But basic necessity giveaway. This is not a joke. Yo, if you need some toothbrush, you need a toothpaste, you need your replacement heads on your uh, motorized toothbrush replaced, holler at your girl. I got you. The basic necessity giveaway is just that. You know, some people think it's silly. Some people think it's a blessing. Some people will take advantage. Some people will not. But I got three toothbrushes and some toothpaste to give away. Holler at me. It's there for you. You know what I mean? I believe in doing stuff just to do it and build a community. You know what I mean? So let's do that. And then hit me up. And then on top of that, Chris, of course, had his ebook to give you about being mindful. So send me an email. My email is stephanie at missgram.com. Just send it to me. Talk about basic necessity giveaway with the toothbrush. You don't got to put nothing too jazzy in there, rah-rah. Just send it. Be like, yo, Steph, let me get that toothbrush, G. And then that's it. And then if you have something crazy, um, some crazy toothbrush that you need the head replaced, yo. But don't get too crazy. Like, let it be, like, up to $27, $30. You know what I mean? Don't be having, like, Steph, I need this, and it's, like, $200. Because I want to help you, but I don't got it like that. Not yet. You know what I mean? I don't have it, I don't have it like that. 
okay? I don't. I'm just keeping it real, all right? Jeez. Thank you again so much to you, the person listening right now. You listening right now it means so much to me that I have your ear for all this time. Honestly, it is so cool. Yes, you guys can hit me up. I'm on Instagram at Stephanie Graham, Twitter at Miss Graham, Facebook, all that. I'm I'm, 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 I'm out here, okay? Nosyaf.com if you have anything else you need. Other than that, enjoy your day. Peace.